Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Hi, church. I'm Remy Shores. My pronouns are they, them. I'm the apprentice evangelist here at Galileo Church. Not, as the live stream captions probably just said, the princess evangelist, though that would be a cool title as well. Um, I'm the apprentice evangelist, and I'm really glad to be preaching here tonight while Katie is out of town, Um, actually flying back, I think, right now. Yeah, and I'm here to wrap up this series that we've been in for the last few weeks. So we're in this series called The Shape of Shalom, um, in which we explore dominant narratives, that is to say, narratives that are loud, that our our world proclaims are true. A lot of times those are similar to narratives that were loud back in the times of the prophets. And so during this series, we've been going through the prophetic response to the dominant narrative, which is a quieter but equally persistent story that says what the world's saying is not true. This is what God says, and this is what's really true. So we've been doing that work with the prophets these last few weeks. Um, And tonight, the dominant narrative is chronic anxiety, and God's response is an economy of abundance. So I'm going to read this text from Isaiah, and This text is, it has a lot of really beautiful imagery in it, and so I would invite you, if it feels right to you, to just close your eyes and listen and um, just envision whatever visuals this text brings to mind. I I think they're going to be really beautiful. Um, And just allow those visions to fund your imagination of what the world could be like, what God's dream of the world looks like. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for God has glorified you. Seek the Lord while God may be found. Call upon them while God is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that God may have mercy on them and to our God, for God will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up a cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. I want to start by acknowledging an apparent contradiction between this final topic of the series and the topic we started with way back several weeks ago. You might remember that first topic was false peace versus true shalom. And we talked about rulers who cry peace, peace, where there is no peace. About politicians who say that everything is fine. You know, there's really not that much COVID anymore. Or if there is, it's not that bad. And the recent election cycles and SCOTUS decisions are probably never going to affect your everyday life. So it's okay. And climate change is all going to take care of itself. It's fine. It's all fine. Peace. And we know that that is not true, that the peace this world offers is not true shalom, that everything is not fine, that our anxiety and dissatisfaction is actually a rational response to the real systemic brokenness in our world. That's where we started. And today, our warring narratives are chronic anxiety versus an economy of abundance, where chronic anxiety is the dominant narrative and an economy of abundance is the prophetic response. But wait, what? Isn't that just the first week but flipped? Have we like switched sides here? It seems that way, I know. To me too, at first, I told Katie, I don't know if I can preach that because I actually think our anxiety is rational and the world is on fire. <laughs> Aren't they the ones crying peace, peace, where there is no peace? Are you telling me now to cry peace, peace? It is burning, and they are saying it's fine. But here's the difference. They are crying peace, peace about their world, the economy and governance, the virus or lack thereof, our ecology, they're saying that all of that is just fine, just dandy, just sh shut up about it already. And we are saying about all of that that it's not fine and it's not dandy and where there is no justice, there will be no peace. But while they claim that the world and the nation is just fine, here is where they are not crying peace. And that's when it comes to you. 
they are saying that you are not fine. They're saying that you are not dandy. They are not sure if you will make it. And that's not because of their system, they say. That's because of you. Because of your personhood, yourself. It's not that the minimum wage should be livable. It's that you should get a better job or a better education. And it's not that the housing market is inflated way beyond sustainability. It's that you should have planned better. You should have saved better. It's not that our standards of beauty are oppressive and archaic. It's that you should probably lose some weight and take care of those age spots and update your wardrobe. You need a newer car and a better fridge and a bigger house. You need to get your shit together and save your money and spend your money for yourself and your family. You need to fix the problem because you actually are the problem. And you had better have anxiety up to your eyebrows because you are not enough. Never going to be enough. Not going to make it. Never going to make it. And it's all your fault. That's what the dominant narrative says. But, the world says, this is still the dominant narrative, we can fix it. There's hope. You can fix it. And all you have to do is click this link. You need a better job? Well, this is the job search service for you. Need to prepare for retirement? This is the investment product that you want. You need a new house or apartment? We've got apps and products and services to help with that. This is the diet for you, the skincare product for you, the clothing subscription, the best way to buy a car. Here, here, look over here. No, not that service, this one. This one is the cheapest, the easiest, the most eco-friendly, the most queer-friendly, the most Christian, the biggest, the best, the most, the most, the most. It's on you to fix it, because you're the one that's broken, not the system, you. And here's the way to fix it, all for the low, low price of $29.95 a month plus this add-on and this other add-on, and don't forget to check out our other products, and, and, and. <sighs> it's no wonder we're chronically anxious. My like heart rate is going up, y'all. <laughs> We've got all these problems, and all the solutions cost money, and not just money, that's not mainly the problem, but endless decisions, a nonstop stream of information and competing narratives that we don't have time or energy to process. And if we did, we wouldn't have the money to buy it, not all of it, not enough to fix all of our many problems, to fill the void in our hearts, to be enough, just to be enough to have enough in order to be enough. It's just never enough, never gonna be enough, not in the dominant narrative. But God, God has a different story to tell. God says that you are already enough and that there is already enough for you. And nothing you can do could ever make you more or less worthy for this bountiful feast that has been prepared for you. You that have no money, God says, come, buy, eat. We have wine and milk 
That's booze and protein, recreation and sustenance. Without money and without price, why do you spend money, God asks, for that which is not bread, and labor for that which does not satisfy? Why are you working your ass off for a market that is never going to think you're good enough? Why are you trying another diet when you know it is not real food? Why is a smaller you better anyway? Why less of you? Why are you buying more skincare products when your age is beautiful? My thoughts are not your thoughts, God says, nor are my ways your ways. And I might not have at this table the trendiest and newest foods. You might not leave here looking like the cover of a magazine, but you will get fed. And not with what you think you want, but with what I know you need. Now, listen, church, I know this might sound, I don't know, insensitive, frivolous, empty, because I know we do have real material needs, and they do cost real money and real labor. And I'm not trying to come for your skincare routine. I follow Jonathan Van Ness. I know it can be good and life-giving. And I'm not denying that we have real need for cars and houses and retirement plans. And I, too, want to find the cheapest, easiest, most eco-friendly, most queer-friendly, most Christian, biggest, best, most. <laughs> I know. We're all swimming in this late capitalistic hellscape, and this sermon is not going to fix it. Isaiah is not going to fix it. God, well, I really hope someday God's going to fix it. But today, it seems, at around 5.45 p.m., is not going to be that day. <laughs> I mean, there's still a few hours left, we can hope. But I'm thinking we've still got some time left to work out how to be on this mortal coil. And we've got to get food and shelter and transportation and we've got to take care of our bodies, and we need stuff to do that. And the keepers of the stuff are the capitalists who want to keep us chronically anxious because our anxiety, our distress about our own selves helps their bottom line. So what then are we to do? Well, what do you do, church? You are all, or mostly, grown-ass adults, and all, without exception, imbued with the spirit of the living Christ. And you've been living in this hellscape for a long time. And I know you've come up with some good ideas for managing that anxiety so that your brain and body is not chronically in service of the giant, bottomless, greedy, capitalist machine that tries every day to eat us alive. I know you have strategies. And I'm hoping you'll keep sharing them as you have been doing with me and with one another. Here's something I do, or that I've started recently. I took Facebook and Twitter off my phone. That doom scrolling is death dealing. It was eating up my time, my energy, my mental stability. I was spiraling. Those apps have the illusion of mindlessness, you know, but they're actually the opposite. 
You pick them up when you think you're too drained to do anything else, and they just drain you further. They are not food. And they make you think you're doing something because it feels like the world is burning and like looking away is the worst thing you could possibly do. But scrolling those endless hot takes about how bad things really are is not helping anyone, least of all you. It's only helping the algorithm learn how to keep you there longer helping the host site make more money because you are seeing more ads, which are all the time funding your imagination with what might be wrong with you and what you might lack. You can still keep up with current events in like small, intentional chunks of your day when you decide it's time to check the news or maybe even check Twitter. And you can still keep up with your friends and your church on Facebook by checking once or twice a day. And maybe you have the self-restraint to do that while the app resides on your phone. I just don't. I'm being honest with y'all. So I don't know the best way for you to do it, but we've got to stop the doom scrolling, church. It's killing us. What then are we to do? What are we to do when it's late at night and we're tired and we're reaching for our phone because that's our habit, but we took those socials off our phones and now there's nothing really to do on there. What are we to do? I think we are to rest. Listen, if you need something mindless to do on your phone, just download Candy Crush, <laughs> seriously, or some other game that is actually mindless. If you think you don't have the energy for a book or a TV show, just noodle around in that app store for a game, or put the phone down and just close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And rest. Maybe find your pet or your spouse or your kid and just snuggle on the couch for a little while. Maybe dig a candle out of your closet and light it. Maybe reach out to a friend and see if they want to chat on the phone for a little while. Just rest. And yeah, all that resting is eventually going to give you some energy so that you can do something about all the gloom and doom that you're not scrolling through anymore, eventually. But that's a different sermon. This one is about resting in God's promise of abundance, trusting that there is enough and more than enough. And if you want to tell me that's actually not true, if you actually don't have enough gas to get to work or enough groceries to feed your family, I believe you. I really do. Your church does have that money for you. For real. Test me on that. Ask your spiritual care team person, ask me, ask Katie, tell us what you need and we'll find a way. There is always enough and more than enough, especially when we share our abundance together. So come to the table, church. Buy wine and milk without price and invite your friends. God said, I made you a witness to the peoples. You shall call nations that you do not know because of the Lord your God, 
the Holy One of Israel, for God has glorified you. There is enough, and more than enough. Rest in God's promise. Come, eat, and be filled. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.